Names are important. In fact, my name is the entire reason I have my dog. Years back, I was in search of a cat, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. I was scrolling through the web page of a breeder uh, who had some pups for sale, and I knew I wanted a black and tan Cavalier. There are four color variations, and I wanted this one. As I was scrolling, I reached a certain puppy and stopped, shocked. I could not believe my eyes. There in front of me was the cutest black and tan Cavalier with the name Gabriel. That's my name. I made a call, and about a week and a half later, I was the proud owner of a black and tan cavy with my name. Though I have been tempted over the years, I have never changed his name. After all, the whole reason we've enjoyed each other's company now for about a decade is our shared name. I have him because of how he was named. Names were even more important in the time of Abram and Sarai. Names were more than just a label. They were a descriptor. They told a lot about the person who had the name. Names contained identity, vocation, and purpose. God thought so highly of names that he changed Abram and Sarai's name. But we'll come back to that. I want us to first look at the text from Mark, because I think this story of Jesus and Peter shows us something very important about God. Peter has always been one of my favorites. Peter is always the guy who is doing too much. He's the guy who tried to walk on water, after all. He cut off the ear of a Roman soldier in defense of Jesus. He told Jesus that he would never deny him, only to go on to do it not once, not twice, but three times. Peter might be called impulsive or reckless. But here's what I love about Peter. He was never afraid to get close to wonder, to question, to doubt, to love. It was Peter who was the first person to identify Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. In fact, Peter does this only a couple of verses before we pick up with him in the text for today. And yet, just two verses after he makes this confession, he rebukes the Son of God. In a matter of just seconds, he goes from being a confessor to a rebuker of the Messiah. Uh, Jesus, Rabbi, love you and all, but uh, we're going to have to agree to disagree on something. The Son of God can't suffer and die. And while Jesus, in very clear terms, tells Peter to be quiet, it's an understatement, Peter will go on to become the rock. Don't forget his name wasn't always Peter. It was Simon. It was only changed to Peter by Jesus, who called Peter the rock upon which the church would be built. I think what we learn from Peter is that we have, if we have the courage to get close to God, our lives just might be changed. 
Our very names might be changed. Our purpose might change. Abram and Sarai chose to stay close to God, and God changed their names too. We see this closeness that he had with God when Abram laughed in God's face when God told him he would have a child and be the father of nations. Now, we don't hear that part of the story. The verses of him laughing are left out in our text for this morning, but they're there. One does not laugh at the creator of the universe if they're not close to the creator of the universe. In this story, Abram becomes Abraham, and Sarai becomes Sarah. God changes their names as a sign or a reward for their trust in God and God's promise. It is important to note here, too, that God's name is also changed in a way. God identifies God's self with the name for the first time, El Shaddai, or God the Almighty. Abraham and Sarah have stayed true and faithful to God, and God has not only changed their names, but God also changes His very own name. We see these name changes in other stories, too. Jacob wrestles with God and is renamed Israel. Our very own patron, Paul, was originally named Saul. God changed his name, changed his life, and called him to new work. Lent invites us this season to get close to God. Lent invites us to practice courage and dare to wrestle with God, to doubt, to trust, to wonder, to laugh at how much God loves perhaps even us because sometimes it's hard to believe. Lent invites us to see ourselves in a new way by being honest about who we are and how we are in need of God's grace. So how do we do this? How do we get close to God? Jesus tells us, we take up our cross, he says. Those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. We take up our cross by taking up all of ourselves. The good, the bad, the parts that we're proud of, the parts that we're ashamed of. We risk giving up the comfort of what we know to step into what God is calling us to. To risk coming into close contact with the power of God's love and grace. We offer all of our fears, all of our shame, our sin, and our pride to God. We take up our cross and we follow Jesus. As we begin this second week of Lent, I challenge us, and I, I say us because I'm in this too, I challenge us to sit with God, to exercise courage, to get close. Find a spot this week 
in your home. Take a walk outside. The weather is supposed to get warmer, I heard. A coffee shop, a quiet place. Sit with God. Sit in the silence. Be bold. God, what might you want to change my name to this Lent? God, where are you calling me? God, I am scared. Where are you? God, what new thing are you asking me to do? God, how can I do your work in the world? And if we do this, we just might hear God speak to us. We just might feel God's love and grace wrap all of our fears and shame and doubt and speak peace to our hearts. We just might hear God give us a new name.